Such a good movie. I'm excited to talk about it. Where were you when you first figured out that Bob Hoskins is English? We'll talk about that later. But everybody listening, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made us gay. gay. It's just us today. It is. It's just the two of yeah, us. just the two of us. No guests. No guests. But who needs one? Not me. I I know that uh, I, what I do need though is uh, is some cheering for for the two of us. It's just us. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's movies that made us gay, and we watched a really fun movie tonight. Definitely a movie from my childhood that I watched this movie a lot growing up. Sure. So we watched Mermaids, starring Cher, Cher, Winona Ryder, Bob Hopkins, and Christina Ricci. Screen debut of, of Christina Ricci. Did you know that? Yes, I did not know. It's that. her first movie. Yeah, that makes sense. She's very itty bitty in this movie. Yeah, she's, she's very small. teeny tiny. She works as uh, Winona's sister. They both Definitely, work as, yeah. as as Cher's daughters. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, this movie's great. And we get to talk about motherfucking Cher on the podcast. <laughs> and I mean, what Mrs. Flax? I mean, I love any excuse to talk about the cinematic career of one Cher. 
You mean Sherilyn Sarkeesian? Yes. I knew that you knew. I knew that you knew the whole name. Of course. Uh, I I don't know her middle name. Forgive me, everybody out there. But um, yeah, Cher's movie career is amazing. Her Cher's uh, movie career is amazing because she ruled the eighties, won the Oscar, did Moonstruck, and but I feel like her filmography is very limited. Like her follow up to Moon, Moonstruck, not as strong. I think she just had the, this uh, attitude of. I won the Oscar. Yeah. I won a Best Actress. And she I'm going to retire to Malibu. Guess, I guess it's one of the things that if Cher didn't win that Oscar, we mm-hmm. probably would have had more Cher movies. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad that she has that Oscar. That is always the hill that I'll die on as <laughs> a fan of the Oscars. We'll see if we get to our Oscar episode in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. But I will always defend that she deserved that Oscar for Moonstruck. Yes. Do you remember? I mean, of course you remember it because it was like six months ago. But um, when the Criterion of Moonstruck came out, we sat down and watched it. Yeah. Boy, that's a fucking good movie. And I feel like it's a movie that a lot of people with that Criterion, a lot of like film Twitter Mm -hmm. has gone back and really reexamined just how great of a movie that is and just how good she is in it. Yeah, it is it is a really good movie. Her performance is really good. It's a good ensemble piece. Yeah. Um I I still say Nick Cage is weird as hell in it. And you know, my mom being, you know, of a certain age in the 80s, she just was in love with Nick Cage. He was just this like young cool guy on the scene and she was just like, "Ooh, I never saw it. Never did it for you." And Especially in Moonstruck, his performance is so bananas. Yeah. I mean, it's a crazy performance, but I feel like he does sort of kind of towards the end of that movie, he's not as crazy as he was at the beginning. Well, they're good with each other in it. Yeah. She, both, he's really good against, good each other. against Cher. She's really strong. And this character that she plays in Mermaids, Mrs. F- Mrs. Flax, kind of reminds me a little bit of her Moonstruck character. And... Her, uh, which is a Eastwood character, not to say that she's one note by any means. They're but sort of cut from the same cloth. She plays this no-nonsense character mm-hmm. very well. She plays this woman that is not to be fucked with. She su- doesn't suffer fools easily. And um, I see a lot of myself in Mrs. Flax, even down to the Finger Foods uh, dinner menu. This is true. Um, so um, what, would, what was your background with this movie? I don't think I've ever known this. Did, like, did you grow up watching this movie? Well, I remember seeing it when it... I didn't see it in the theater, by any means. Uh, I definitely saw it on home video. And, um, you know, Winona and I go way back. Sure. I'm a big fan of Winona, you know, from the beginning. And so anything with her, this was right after Heather's. The year after Heather's, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I was very familiar with... My sister and I were very familiar with Heather's. We had that movie and just watched it over and over again. I probably had no business watching it at that age, but I did. And... um, not a departure for Winona, but her character in this movie, it's crazy because this is after Heather's. And in Heather's, she's just so like, you guys talk like grownups. And like mm-hmm. in this movie, she is just this innocent, virginal girl. And it's really kind of remarkable. You really see her range. Yeah, the mm-hmm. way that she was able to just kind of like turn around, play this very different character in Charlotte, uh, you know, in this movie. And um, I like... 
Heather's because, you know, just Veronica is just a little bit more like not rock and roll, but she's more of a cool girl. I love the uh, period aspect of this movie. Um, I mean, I feel like that's why Cher probably signed on to the movie mm -hmm. because she just looks great in those 60s pencil skirts and a big bouffant flip wig and, and a little kitten heel mm -hmm. yeah love that and um i feel like i watched this movie with my mom and like the whole like you know kennedy assassination thing i was very much like was it really like that and my mom was like i was like seven but i think so um so yeah there's certain beats of this that i have strong memories of and it's just filled with people from that era that i yeah just love including bob hoskins so good in this know? movie because i grew up on you know who framed roger rabbit which was again one year prior to this 89 mm -hmm. was roger rabbit so i was very familiar with him had hook come out yet hook came out hook is going to come out 91 okay he's on a, he's on a streak mm -hmm. hoskins yep love it um yeah so it's uh I was very familiar with him from from Roger Rabbit. I I, I knew Cher from just my mom being a, a huge fan. And again, Winona was just kind of my my entry into this movie. And then we have Michael Schofling. Oh, we'll talk about him. <laughs> but uh, quickly for me, very similar with my my background of this movie. Mm -hmm. I remember watching this movie with my sister and mom because my mom also just really liked the share catalog of the 80s. Mm -hmm. She's the one that sort of introduced me to Witches of Eastwick. We, we had the tape. I can definitely just have a vivid memory of just pulling out the tape from those, like, old school um the VHS. like fake wood panel the drawers wood panel drawers yep. mm -hmm. oh yeah we all had those so Everybody definitely had. a movie that was on steady rotation i love so it. the vhs cover is it like a freestanding bathtub in like a sears portrait studio kind of a situation yeah right because christina <laughs> christina ricci kind of her little cute character note is that she's training to be an olympic swimmer mm -hmm. and she's a little little kid she's won probably every single race that she's been in and yes. she's she wants to swim the english channel and she is trying to break the world record of holding her breath yes and i love that yeah. she wears her little bathing cap everywhere mm -hmm. and there's certain things in this movie that the kids do that are just like very true to when you're a kid and you just for no reason well not no reason but I'm, you know she has a a strong reason to wear her bathing cap everywhere but she just wears it yeah just in the house, just sitting on the couch in her pajamas and a bathing cap. And that's just what little kids do when they're into something. They just have to do it all the time. And even with Charlotte. And he, what fascinated me about this movie is that the characters, Mrs. Flax and her daughters, are Jewish. Mm -hmm. And Charlotte just has this obsession with Catholicism and the Virgin Mary and praying, you know, these Catholic prayers and, and these like – this like Catholic like – idolatry in her in her little bedroom and mm -hmm. you know this classic line from the trailer charlotte charlotte we're jewish mm -hmm. um it fascinated me because growing up catholic i was just like you know things that were different or yeah, foreign same to thing. you as a kid are just like kind of like and kind of for about. both of us judaism and being a jew is very foreign to us yes or at least for me growing up in a small town where there was yeah. no jewish kids in right. my school right so i was Always very fascinated yeah. with just Judaism. And the L.A. inner city is mm -hmm. different from, like, New York. Like, where I grew up in Los Angeles, I was on the east side. And, like, there is a strong Jewish community in Los Angeles, but definitely not kind of in 
in my neighborhood and where I grew up, they're on the other side of town. And um, going to Catholic school, I was just surrounded by Catholicism and all that. So yeah, so seeing that in in movies and television shows, you know, Judaism and and Jewish people and stuff, I I had uh, an awareness of it and an interest in it, but it was something that I didn't really meet or know anybody until college and then i was like oh okay so mm-hmm. tell me what that's like <laughs> and me and i didn't even realize that like catholicism is kind of like fringe to like regular christians sure regular christians are like oh you catholics are crazy it's the it's the church church and i'm like what <laughs> well it is the one true no, I'm, just, no. I'm not even gonna get into that <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, you're just fascinated with things that are just like other and outside of your realm of like of what you know and what you grow up with and all of that. So Charlotte has this obsession with, you know, with Catholicism and and it's it's ve- it's very true for kids of a certain age. She's 15 in this movie. I do love the fact that Charlotte is is stated 15 years old, and yeah. at one point in the movie, Cher says that she was. Just a year young, a year younger than I was when I had you, which places Cher at thirty-one. I mean, I guess thirty-one <laughs> in nineteen sixty, nineteen sixty-three. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, Cher is. I think she's like twenty, twenty-five years older than Winona. Mm-hmm. Not quite fifteen. She'd been in her forties when making this in movie. Forties, yeah, mm-hmm. when she made it. So, but I mean, looking amazing for being in her forties. Oh, she looks great in this. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. F- Mrs. Flax is like I just I strive to to be yeah, this woman, and it's one of those things that when we probably watch this as little kids, and you just think of like, what if this woman was my mom? Like, what <laughs> is Charlotte's deal? This woman seems amazing. What right? Um, and you know, I have friends that I would talk with about. You know, we always we have this this kind of saying about having a cha cha mom. You know, yeah. and you didn't have a cha-cha mom, no. but I did have a cha-cha mom. And so like, you know, my, my friends that explain to the listeners <laughs> what a cha-cha mom is. Well, I mean, Mrs. Flax is a cha-cha mom. Yeah. She's just somebody that, you know, just like dresses with, you know, she's up with the trends. She's a little younger than the other moms, but she's very, you know, on trend with like fashion and style. And, you know, my mom and some friends of ours that we know very well that definitely have <laughs> cha-cha moms that we know and are dear friends with. Um, it's a different experience growing up with that, you know, because we had these, these experiences of, you know, going to, you know, an eighth grade dance or going to like a concert when you're 14 or 15 and your mom helping you, you know, taking you shopping and just like wearing clothes (laughs) that were maybe a little too, uh, mature for your age group, but your mom thought it looked cute. And so (laughs) I was like, sweet, let's do it. I'm going to rock the Z Cavariches at 12 years old. Sure. I look like AC Slater, but Hey, I was working it out. She knows that's what the cool kids are wearing. They were wearing it in 1989. I'll tell you what. And I had, uh, Z Cavariches, uh, Parker Lewis, like crazy pattern tucked in (laughs) rayon shirt and a Ron Johnson, like pork pie hat. I looked good. But you know it was a little too much for the kids in in uh, in Mrs. Tabata's seventh grade class. Before we talk too much about the movie, I wanted to mention briefly about the production of this movie because mm-hmm. this was originally intended to be Swedish director Lasse Hostrom's American debut after his international movie Life as a Dog. Did you know that? And Lasse Hallstrom went on famously to direct uh, The Cider House Rules. Very good. Ah, Chocolat. He was sort of like the darling director at Miramax there for a while. Okay. 
But I, I feel, and also just like this movie does feel very Lassahostra. I mean, I have. While I have not if you're seen familiar the with his rules. like very corny catalog, sure. like Cider House Rules, Safe Haven, he directed Safe Haven, not familiar. but just totally tracks that right. this would be intended to be his American debut. Right? Um, Aren't his movies a little bit more somber? I mean, sometimes. Okay. He kind of makes all sorts of movies. Okay. And then Frank Oz uh, was supposed to direct this movie, but allegedly oh, well, clashed with Cher. Oh, that, you don't want to hear that. And so they, they ended up getting... Somebody weird that I was like, what the hell? Richard Benjamin. So they ended up getting Richard Benjamin to direct this movie. From Westworld. From Westworld <laughs> and My Stepmother is an Alien. And my personal favorite as a kid, Milk Money, starring... Okay, so he directed yeah. Milk Money and mm-hmm. My Stepmother is an Alien. But he's he acted in... West, he's an actor. Yeah. I know. Like, I recognize his face. I'm like, that guy from freaking Westworld directed Mermaids? How... How do you like that? But I love me some milk money. With, I mean, with Melanie Griffith. Milk money is crazy. We should we should eventually do that. That movie, movie on the show. is banana. I mean, I love a good hooker with the heart of gold like character. I movie. love a group of like eleven year olds that like hitch a ride to the big city to get a hooker. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what universe you know Ed Harris is trying is is unlucky in love trying to find a, a lady because I mean, geez. 90s at Harris, he was never single. Get out of here. But, we'll have um, to make an excuse to do Milk Money. Oh, I'm sure we're one gonna, of these episodes. Uh, we need an excuse. We and can just do that movie. Also, Wyona Ryder was not the original actress cast in this role. Did you know right. that? Right. Yeah. Actress named Emily Lloyd, who I am not very familiar with. Well, you will be familiar with her when I tell you what I looked her up and saw that she's in. She's in Legends of the Fall. She's like the only like young girl. In- <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of uh, Julia it. Ormond. Oh, okay. Legends- no, she's in A River Runs Through It. There Easy go. to make that mistake. There you go. But um, I think that from everything that I've read, Cher just didn't like her. Right. Well, and I th- she just didn't really read. I think that Cher as her thought, daughter. Right. 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 And she kind of wanted Winona, which is interesting because that actress is a, is a blonde. Meanwhile, both of Cher's kids are blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> even even Chaz, whose dad is Sonny Bono, Italian Sonny Bono, and like half Armenian Cher, Chaz came out blonde. When Crazy. Chaz came out at the end of Sonny and Cher, when yeah. they would wave, wave a <laughs> little toe head. And they would wave goodnight to everyone, yeah. a little toe head kid. And her son, who she had with Greg Allman, Chaz's stepdad, Greg Allman, um, Elijah Blue, he's also blonde. Um, crazy. But, uh, yeah, Cher was just like – I think she just wanted to work with Winona because she mm-hmm. was very hot, just coming – you know, this up-and-coming kid. And um, it, well, it tracks that – We'll talk about their scenes later, especially at the end of the movie. But I think Winona Ryder really delivers in her scenes with Cher. She's a strong actor mm-hmm. for her age. I mean, she's a strong actor, period. But for her age especially, I – and because I grew up with her, because I grew up with these movies, I tend to forget that she was like 16 yeah. when she made this movie, <laughs> you know? They better be watching out not to work her over eight hours. Exactly. Yeah, I always I always tell this story in Beetlejuice. They talk about Lydia as being a little girl. And I'm always, and as a kid, I was like, she's not a little girl. She's like, she's like a full-on like teenager. I watch Beetlejuice now and I'm like, that is a little child. Mm-hmm. She's so young, but so good. So, yeah, very strong. Her performance holds up against the uh, the mighty share as 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 Mrs. Flax. I love I love their scenes together. 
So the idea is that Mrs. Flax is... She's very flighty. A single mom. Mother. Yes. She's a single mom to her two daughters. And she says that she doesn't run away from her problems. She leaves. What does she say? She's like, I don't run away. She, you know, she just picks up and moves. (laughs) Death is dwelling on the past or staying in one place for too, for too long. Right. She can't um, be tied down. Right. And usually I take it that with this character from Mrs. Flax, whenever something goes south of the man, she just picks up and leaves. Right. She doesn't like to deal with probably relationship conflict. Kind yeah. of any exterior things in their lives, she just doesn't want to deal with, so she just moves. Yeah. And for the time, for being the early 60s, to be a single yeah. mother, she probably just tells everybody the husband's dead or whatever because it would just be easier than to explain, like, this whole backstory. So we end up – we they move at the beginning of the movie from uh, – Kansas. Kansas, no, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. From Oklahoma to Michigan. I love that that scene of her in the bath when she just, like, does that, that finger motion and she lands on the map and she mm-hmm. – uh, Goes to Massachusetts. Yes. Massachusetts, not Michigan. I'm sorry. Um, so they end up in Massachusetts. Buys beautiful beachfront. <laughs> I mean, she's probably renting this this yeah. cute little cottage. And I think the house is intended side. to look mm-hmm. a little run down at the time. But it's, yeah, it's right on the water. Uh, it's right next to a convent. Which is good for Charlotte yeah. because she has this obsession with, with nuns and, and Catholicism. I remember having sort of – not maybe not an obsession like mm-hmm. Charlotte, but just also being very fascinated with nuns. Yes. We've done Sister Act on the show. Yeah. Sister Act came out and was a big movie when I was a kid. Yeah. Do you think that kids are still like fascinated with nuns? Probably well, not. I feel like nuns are kind of like uh, – almost like these like mythical – like you see them in movies mm-hmm. and stuff, but you don't ever see them like out – like in full habit. Yeah. Anymore. I don't think I've ever seen a nun in a full habit when... I mean, I went to the Vatican when I was in high school. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there. All the nuns that ever taught me were of an order that they were able to just wear, like, lay clothes. So they just had, like, the really long, like, sister-wife skirt. You know, just had that yeah. sister-wife wardrobe. It was, like, a long skirt to, like, mid-calf or or longer. And then they would just wear, like, a... Like a, like a Button-down, long-sleeve shirt sure, with yeah. like a sweater vest mm-hmm. over it. I want a, I want a full habit. No, yeah, they never had them. Yeah, so I think maybe if like kids now see nuns like in movies or whatever, they're just like, I don't know, are they are they wizards? Are they ninjas? Do they like? <laughs> do they know martial arts? Who knows? Maybe they do. Very good at singing choirs, especially directed <laughs> by Whoopi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They've got many skills. Those nuns. Also working uh, at the convent, just kind of like doing – I mean, he kind of works everywhere. He works at the convent. He drives the school bus. Oh, But yes. we have uh, none other than Michael Schaffling, uh, who you all may remember as Jake Ryan from Sixteen Candles. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This one. Joe. Joe. I so mean, cute. This was something that at the time in 1990 – when I watched it, it just seemed like to me, being my age, I just always had a memory of Sixteen Candles. Mm-hmm. That movie just always existed because it came out in like eighty five, so I was yeah. like, you know a little really young. So then, when this movie comes around, it was like, 
whoa, where's he been? See, now, I would have probably have seen 16 Candles and Mermaids roughly around right. the same time. Right, exactly. So it was just like, oh, that's the that guy. The really dreamy yeah. upperclassman right. from 16 Candles. But and I, here he is in this movie. But I think for me it was more, and a lot of people, it was definitely like a, like a oh, wow, Jake Ryan, he's back. Here he is. It looks better than ever, you know. I also remember him in a movie called Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Okay, too. is he in that? All right. So um, is that the one with the with the skydiving horse? Yeah, and that movie came out in ninety one. <laughs> so he made kind okay. of that movie and then fell off the face of the earth. Sure. And is he uh, a manic pixie dream man in this movie? I don't Possibly. know. Possibly. <laughs> I do like that he is cast age appropriate. Because they call out his age. He's, he's 26. 26. So, I mean, <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like, but he's not cast as like a 17 year old. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I thought you meant to the character. I'm like, he's way older than Charlotte and way younger than Mrs. Flax. No, but, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about like he's they don't portraying try to, his age. They don't try to pass him off yeah. like he's one of her peers at high school. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Living the sad life where he just like <laughs> lives outside of this convent. He does handiwork for these nuns. Yeah. He drives the Odd school jobs. bus. Yeah. And just like the town handyman, mm-hmm. there's a there's sort of a story going around town that he knocked up his girlfriend and she left. Right. Um, I mean, is it a sad life? Does he I mean he goes fishing on the weekend? No, I feel Maybe like he's just into I feel it. like this character is a little sad when you see his scenes. Right. No, he yeah, he plays Especially them how very, he plays it. Yeah, he plays it very um yeah, very somber, very quiet. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting role, but I just that's one of the things that stood out for me as a young kid in this movie because Jake Ryan is so dreamy, and even in Sixteen Candles, he plays this character that's very like um, I don't know, he's just very like introspective, and I don't know. There's a lot of there's a whole other. He's sort of the gaze the for gaze. like the young girl. Sure. The gaze. I never understood that concept. I didn't go to film school. Sort of just like objectification, like you're putting this you're putting this person on like a mantle. And that that's sort of what you like what you desire. Sure. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he's here. Uh he's kind of now he's the object of Charlotte's obsession. So she's got a couple of she's got some issues in this new town, you know. Um fitting in at school, you know, faking the Catholicism, uh being kind of infatuated with this with this man, really. And all the while, Mrs. Flax, I feel like Cher plays it very much like she is worried for her daughter, but she's kind of letting her kind of make her own choices, mm-hmm. you know? Like with the whole, like, shoe situation, she's got these, like, rain boots that she wears. And that's when they meet Bob Hops- Hopskins, because he... Uh, yes. he runs the local shoe store. They go shoe shopping. Right, but she, you know... She keeps telling her, like, you need to get new shoes, you need to get new shoes. And she's like, no, these shoes are fine, these shoes are fine. Do we know why she doesn't want to get rid of these shoes? She just likes her boots. She just likes these ugly-ass boots. But she doesn't boots. make her get new school but, shoes. Yeah, I, yeah I, ultimately. I, I, I totally see what you're Yeah, what she's, you're she doesn't force it on her. She's just like, oh, don't ask, you know. But, yeah, when uh, we do go to get new shoes for Christina Ricci because they're starting a new school, they go to the the – shoe store in town and it is run by bob hoskins and bob hoskins is (laughs) he's just like this little man he's just this little i think he's kind of cute though stocky i can kind of see like i can kind of see (laughs) 
chair, walk into the shoe store, and just being like, hell yeah, I'm going to fuck this like, well, shoe guy. the thing about Bob Hoskins in this movie is that he's not really kind of, like, afraid of her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think so many people just give her a wide berth. Yeah. You know, in life, men and women. Like, men either go up to her and are just like, yeah, we're going to do this, or I'm your boss, and we're still going to do it, whatever. And women just kind of are like, well, she's a little too sassy for me. She's a little too cha-cha. So they kind of How, uh, keep her at arm's length. The boss's fiance is looking at her. Yeah. When she's uh, at her secretary when job. When she's at her secretary job. Right, right. Just like sizing up this town whore. <laughs> the town whore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Bob Hoskins' character doesn't treat her Either way, he's not yeah. sleazy with her like men would be, and he's not just like, oh my god, well, you're just like, where's your husband and whatever. He's just like, hi, you're nice. Your he kids wants, are nice. Like He wants to get to know him. Yeah. And I think she's kind of like uh, taken aback by that. She's kind of, uh, you know, that's what kind of gets her, piques her interest with him. I want to talk about the the bus scene. Sure. So Jake Ryan, I, I'm just I'm just gonna refer to him as Jake Ryan. Yeah. He, dr- he, he drives the school bus because of course he does. Picks up picks up Wyona in the school bus and then takes her home. How do you like the house? I hate the house. I, I was born there. I love that house. You are under the kitchen table. God strike me down. That's almost as good as a manger. Give me strength not to sit on his lap. Socks on the door? That used to be my room. I'm in this room. When my mother died. I sat on my bed for two days holding her sweater. I didn't care about anything anymore. Not even the Red Sox. Oh, I'm gonna burn in hell for sure. Here he is talking about his poor dead mother, and I can't stop wishing his hands were unbuttoning my dress. How do you feel about the voiceover in this movie? So there's a lot of voiceover. There is in a this lot of voiceover in this movie. <laughs> I and, don't mind it. And it is from a novel. Mm-hmm. We should say that this novel is was written by Patty Dan, and I take it that the voiceover is probably direct pulls from the book. Sure. Maybe a little too reliant on the voiceover. Yeah. And I mean, I think that we're supposed to take that this is one of the writer's story. And not like is Wyona Ryder the protagonist of this movie? Well, yeah, it's her. Yeah. It's her point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we just come off Heather's, which is very heavy on on yeah. the voiceover from Winona's character. So, you know, uh, that's something that to me, again, at the time, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm just used. She's to- she's really good at guiding a movie through its plot. <laughs> yeah, I'm just used to Winona narrating narrating this movie, these movies for us. But. Um, yeah, so a lot of the a lot of that dialogue there was her just like kind of talking to herself and psyching herself out when when and she does this Joe, a lot in the movie too when talking to Joe. Yes, definitely. Um, I was just looking at the cast list right now, and uh, the woman in the movie who kind of what is her role? She's kind of like Mrs. Flax is like one friend, yeah, in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, she meets her, I think, at parent teacher conferences. I think right, right. Uh, I love that woman, uh, the woman who plays that character. Her name is Caroline McWilliams. And I was like, what do I know her from? What do I know her from? She is Ray Pruitt's mom on 90210. Uh, <laughs> Ray Pruitt was played by Jamie Walters. He is Donna's uh, musician boyfriend that pushes, oh, her, down who pushes her down the stairs. Oh, who pushes her down the stairs. Okay. And she How do you plays talk to an angel? his trashy mom. 
and she does it with a southern accent. Why does like she have no reason? Why does she have a southern accent living <laughs> in Los Angeles? They live in like the like North Valley because they're like trashy or whatever. So they live in like you know Sun Valley or something in like this like dingy little like suburban neighborhood. That's funny. She plays the role with like, and she like has like these dates with Donna where they like go and like hang out. Or she plays it with a southern accent. I cannot get over it. We haven't gotten know. to those episodes yet on on Pluto TV. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we do, and they just like roll back around. There's only so many seasons, but um, yeah, but that woman's characters at least okay. uh, Sherry gets a friend. In the movie, mm-hmm. not not everybody in town is kind of like put off. By she's her. she's recurring because I don't really get this like town tramp kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the people are just like kind of look at her and like the men. Like there's things where they walk through the town and like every man that they pass just kind of like gives her, gives her a double take or says hello or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't get too much of like a you know town tramp vibe. Maybe that's a little bit more present in the in the book. Mm-hmm. Winona uh, Charlotte kind of finagles her way into a uh, weekend fishing trip with Joe. Didn't she say that she doesn't have a – oh, no, her her sister doesn't like the water. Yeah, because he was like, oh, yeah, we'll bring you and your sister. Like, we'll go – you know, we'll make a day out of it or whatever. She's like, oh, no, she does, she can't go. She doesn't like the water. Meanwhile, all she does is, like, hang out in the water all day long. Mm-hmm. But um, – oh, we haven't even talked about uh, Cher's finger food situation oh yeah we have to talk about this character note that um it's not that she's a bad cook but she just likes stuff that's easy but i would argue are finger foods more work well yeah and she has a line some some line about like eating hors d'oeuvres you know for for dinner or whatever and yeah these plates that she puts out the thing is it's like they they style these plates of food with little finger sandwiches and kebabs. marshmallow and fruit kebabs and, you know, ants on a log and all that. But they style the plates so that the finger sandwiches are stacked like a foot high. <laughs> a plate of ants on a log to feed like a high school auditorium. Like... There's so much food on the plate. Hey, plates. if you put a plate like that in front of me as a kid, I would have. I know we'd go I crazy for it, but lost my mind over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I do. Lo- I mean, to this day, I love finger food. But you're mm-hmm. right; it does take a lot of work. You know, small sandwiches, uh, especially when we see. You know, Charlotte is making lunch to take on. She's making sandwiches on the, on yep. the fishing trip. And she was just like, I'm going to bring full whole sandwiches. They're not going to be small finger sandwiches. You know, I'm going to impress them with my like homemaking skills. And Cher just casually takes out a cookie, a cookie <laughs> cutter and just like makes little stars. Star-shaped sandwiches. Star-shaped sandwiches. <laughs> the amount of waste when you mm-hmm. cookie cut sandwiches is what I'm saying. There's so much more Definitely. than just the crust that goes that goes to waste there. And it's also really interesting with the character of Mrs. Flax that mm. she knows that um, he's he's 26 years old and cute yeah. as a button. That's what she said. And <laughs> she's totally fine with him taking out her 15-year-old daughter. Right. And again, is that just something from the times? You know, it's That's very true. 60s. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, she's 15. She's practically 18. And, you know, the difference between eight, 18 and, you know... 27 is a mm-hmm. lot different than, you know, or 18 and 29 yeah. than 15 and 26. But it's also interesting that Mrs. 
Flack seems like a very free sexually liberated woman for yeah. the early 60s yeah but she really hasn't sat this girl down and given her the sex talk yet right or if she has i don't know maybe maybe charlotte maybe just, it's just been lost on charlotte yeah or she just didn't want to listen because of the whole like you know catholic situation but yeah charlotte just seems a little clueless when it comes to like what could be the consequences of her and joe hanging out mm-hmm. um I do, and we are referring to Cher's character as Mrs. Flax because in all of the voiceover, Charlotte, her daughter, refers to her as refers Mrs. To Flax. Mrs. Flax, yep. Yeah, and that's, again, just something that, like, a kid would do, you know, like, write in your diary. Mm-hmm. Just call your mother Mrs. Flax just to be, like, petty. Or calling your mother by her first name. <laughs> that's a little much. That's, that's, that's crossing the line. <laughs> Not the first name. Calling her mother instead of mom. That's the one that's like, all right, mother. <laughs> I also like the other character note of mm-hmm. Mrs. Flax is that she is a liberated woman who can drive a car. <laughs> that's a big character note for her. She has this huge car. She says driving is one of the two most important skills a woman can have. You better be thankful that I taught you early. Yes. And yeah, there are scenes with Winona Ryder driving this giant 60s station wagon that's like the size of a school bus. And just Cher monologuing about her car with Bob Hopkins. It's just like Cher just fucking nails that scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have they have really great scenes together. Their back and forth is very charming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they kind of... That they kind of went with Bob Hoskins because he is so, like, not that Cher's, like, this big, tall woman or anything, but, you know, she's in heels mm-hmm. most of the movie just because that's her character, just being the cha-cha mom. She's in heels. And she's she's taller than him. She kind of towers over, over Bob Hoskins. But that's just kind of the charm of them as a couple, too. Yeah. And I could see when Cher, because I'm sure that Cher had a a pretty good input of who was cast in this movie because she right. got Wyona Ryder on. And I could see Cher just insisting that it has to be Bob. <laughs> just because she just probably thinks he's cute like I do. <laughs> I don't know. You you don't think that she was insisting on that it was going to be, you know, her her uh, boyfriend of the, of the day? <laughs> I don't know who she was dating in the late 80s. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer as the, as the shoe guy. Just insisting that it's Val Kilmer. I think that she just wanted a very non-threatening, jolly man. <laughs> Not jolly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at Sonny Bono. It's just like <laughs> Cher has a very wide range of men that she dates. She does not have a type. Mm-hmm. Not at all. It is very, it's just it's men. very wide. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I I like the scenes at uh, Bob Hoskins's house. Yeah, um, he's got this cute house because he's sort of without even sort of probably meaning to be. He's the girl's closest thing that they have to a father. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's like the only and it's one of those things. Later world. in the movie, you start to see Cher being a little thrown off about it. Because I think that she's yeah. used to dating dirtbags. Yeah, who she's wouldn't... used to kind of doing things on her terms. And when yeah. I feel like when they do see that she's got kids, they're just like, all right, this is cool, but I'm not sticking around for any of this. And yeah, he's very much like, 
Or bring him over. Bring him over. We'll spend like everybody will come over and spend it's, the night. He's got bed, he's got a bedroom. With it's him. later in the movie, but when they show the mer- the under the sea room, mm-hmm. just how Cher subtly plays those moments of yeah. when she's looking what they spent the day doing. Yeah, when they sit down, they actually sit down at the dining room table to have dinner, and yeah. they're not just like sitting on the counter. Yes. Just how Cher quietly plays those moments. It kind of reminds you that Cher's the real deal when it comes to acting. Yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't have a lot of lines in those scenes. She's mm-hmm. watching everybody. And yeah. She's just kind of like amused at like what's going on because when it's the three of them, her and the two daughters, she'll just hand them a plate of mm-hmm. finger sandwiches and ants on a log and, in that and they'll scene, just eat it wherever they're standing. It's like you as the viewer, like, is she upset? Is right. she about to lose it? right. But she's just slowly like taking in that this is this is a normal domestic life yeah. that she never really had for these girls, and she thinks that he's using the girls to get closer to her. Mm-hmm. But that's not his intention at all. He's just like, well, why wouldn't I be nice to these kids? Yeah, like, they're your kids, so like, <laughs> of course, let's have like a nice dinner and sit down i mean you know it is still the 60s so he's just like if we're all gonna sit down and have dinner together let's do it and have this giant chicken that i roasted i want to know who has that painting of Cher's cleopatra (laughs) i want that in my living room who painted that painting of Mm -hmm. Cher's cleopatra yeah it is kind of amazing they should make they should do like posters of that a t-shirt it was a really good look Mm mm-hmm I liked the little props that she had when she was posing for him. Mm-hmm. Her rubber snake, yeah, and spatulas. But yeah, those are those are all really those are all really fun scenes when they um, when they're there, like as a like family unit or whatever. I always forget that this movie gets a little heavy once Winona runs away. Those yeah. scenes, that scene, that po- that portion of the movie always, even when I was a kid, always sort of took me by surprise. Even though I've watched this movie a lot. It's always it is always so sad when she runs away. When she just takes Mrs. Flax's car and drives away. Right. Well, okay, so is the final straw after the costume party. Is that what leads her to run away when she sees Mrs. Flax kissing Joe? No, I don't or is think it before so. that? I think it's before, it's before that. Yeah. Oh, geez Louise. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. It is it's yeah. I always kind of forget about those scenes too. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of takes the car, takes off, drives, makes her way to Connecticut, I think, and just like fucking barges in on some family and just starts telling them all these lies. She just invents this whole <laughs> life that she doesn't have. Yes. Uh, her name is Sal Val. But just sort of puts into perspective that Charlotte has a lot going on. Like yeah. this, this yes. teenager is like, she needs some help. Yeah, yeah, she just needs to talk through some things. But yeah, I mean, she she takes the car because again, we've established that she can drive this this hulking monster of a of a station wagon. <laughs> she gets to these people's these poor people's house. It looks like the car breaks down, and I think that's kind of like a running thing in the movie that the car yeah. like breaks down or whatever. Or I don't know if she runs out of gas, but she's just like, uh, "Hey, I'm having car trouble," and the guy's like, "Okay," and she just pushes past him. Mm-hmm. walks into the house and has like breakfast with them the kids it's really funny the way it's shot the way the kids come in and like kiss the mom and get orange juice and then just kind of look at her <laughs> and i don't think it's supposed to be played for a laugh but that like little actor kids like just look at one of her 
<laughs> it's really cute. It's a funny scene. But yeah, she said she even says like this family. It's like they're out of a movie because the dad lives with them. Yeah, right. It's something so foreign to her. Mm-hmm. And kind of previously in the movie, um, Charlotte thinks that she's pregnant just by kissing Jake Ryan. Has <laughs> a very conception. has a very uncomfortable scene at the at the doctor or like mm-hmm. gynecologist, the lady doctor. The lady doctor. Yes, she mm-hmm. um she has a kissing scene with Joe and um is just so like freaked out about it that she convinces herself that like immaculate conception <laughs> has taken place. Mm-hmm. And uh you know and 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 she's become pregnant. But it's like uh, you know and that's the thing. It's like does she even is she really considering this at 15? Is she yeah. really thinking like this is what's happening to me, you know? But um, that's kind of just like Charlotte's crazy like state of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that's happening to her, she's just kind of driving herself to this place where she's just like, I think I'm pregnant. And the doctor who examines her is like, well, actually, no, you're not. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the scenes where she runs away, you know, I think – I think we just are kind of assuming that the 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 father of this family he's outside looking at the car and I think he sees you know he gets probably a takes down the registration or something yeah yeah so so Bob Hoskins goes to goes to pick her up and brings her back and you know they get into this thing about you know running away they get into a couple of of fights this isn't like the big you know mm-hmm. the big blowout fight because that happens a little later on I feel like we get to the New Year's Eve party. Too. And this is just sort of the classic poster shot of this movie of Cher in this homemade mermaid costume. What do you think of Cher's mermaid costume? I was always obsessed with it. Mom, if you don't come out soon, it's going to be New Year's Day. You're going to miss the party. Come oh, on, Mom. Oh, something. 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 Thank you. All right, what do you think? You know, if I would have had this costume when you guys were little, I would have done my ironing and all your diapers in it. Oh, my God. All right, I can show my mermaid watch. I'm ready to my mermaid car and hit the mermaid road. And get the mermaid out of here. All right, you get my mermaid coat and you get my... I was a kid, always into mermaids. I have like a <laughs> tattoo of a merman on my arm, mm-hmm. so definitely uh, something that was always a huge part of my childhood was just obsession with mermaids. And I love how Cher looks in that mermaid's costume. She's a blonde mermaid. Mm-hmm. I like that it's like the tail kind of has. There's a little chain that goes up to her wrist. There's a cute little corset. The tail comes up. It's got like the curly, like the curly blonde mermaid wig with like and there's, the crown. And there's and some like, there's some like beading in the wig too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You have to have like pearls all over the place mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a mermaid. I have a mermaid tattoo as well. Don't don't forget. You do, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a really it's a really cute costume. It, it is for a New Year's Eve party. Cher gets a little tipsy at the party. Gets a ride home from none other than Joe. And uh, when they get back to the house, and does she do it on purpose? She plants one on Joe. Yeah, does she do it on purpose because she knows they're back at the house? And, and I suppose that Charlotte's th- watching through this movie. You are questioning, like, would Mrs. Flax put the moose on Jake Ryan? Right. So it's always been there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because she mentions how cute he is, but she also knows that sh- that Charlotte likes him. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. But yeah, they ultimately she does she does kiss uh, she does kiss Joe in the car. You kissed him. You kissed him. How could you do that? How could you let her kiss you? Charlotte, for God's sake, it was just a little New Year's Eve kiss. Oh, but you don't believe in New Year's. I know. Hey, what are you guys fighting about? Nothing. Everything. Come on, get back in the house before you freeze your little butt off. What's the matter with Charlotte? Is she going to run away again? God willing. No, just kidding. Did you have a nice time? I had a lovely time, thank you. Are you going to stay out there all night, Miss Poopy Face? Why did you let her? I mean, she kisses everybody. Don't you know that? I mean, it doesn't mean you're special or anything. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean she likes you or anything like that. He just drives off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even acknowledge her. He's yeah. just like, <laughs> listen, kid. Uh, but I mean, I guess I would too if some like 15-year-old was screaming at me. He'd be like, get out of here. <laughs> I'm leaving. But I love how Cher plays that scene. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? I mean, that's just how – that's this character mm-hmm. though. That's, yeah. This character is very much like – like I said, she's no nonsense. She doesn't take a lot of shit. And uh, I think even – with her kids, she always kind of treats like she doesn't treat them like children or like babies. Yeah, a lot of the time, mm-hmm. she just kind of talks to them the way she talks to everybody. She talks to them on her level, and so like good or bad, that's just kind of how she like relates to people and how she even relates to her young daughters. You know, it's like yeah, she called her like poopy face or whatever, but still, she's like I don't know. I think she. That's just how she chooses to to interact with them, but um, yeah, that it it it's it's an iconic look. Like we said, it's on the it's on the VHS box. Yeah, in this in this bathtub. I mean, if you're gonna do a mermaid Halloween costume, this is this is how you do it. <laughs> it has like fingerless gloves. I need to get a good picture of this. <laughs> Hold on. It has like yeah, there's a lot going on. There's pearls everywhere. It's like a sequin like cardigan. Over like over like a corset, it's a lot. It's a great look. Just sort of pulls from Cher's closet. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, we definitely Mrs. Flax when you were a little gay kid. That this was aspirational. Like this woman is fabulous. <laughs> like you just wanted to be her, and just how Cher plays this woman. It's just like oh my god. She's everything. Yeah. I mean, she wears these, like, really cute, like, 60s, like, polka dot, like, dresses. Yeah. And she's got, like, this Marlo Thomas, like, you know, bouffant, like, hair with the bangs and, like, the little flip, you know, at the bottom. Like, yeah, everything about her is just, like, super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to be... And you just want to say to Charlotte, like, what is your problem? Like, this woman <laughs> is amazing. Yeah, she just, she resents her because they are so different. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, turns around. It's very true to mother and daughters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's her journey. But it's like, if that's the thing, it's like you rebel against your parents. So if your parents are super cool, it's like you're going to be a damn square. And so Charlotte decided to be a square mm-hmm. because she's rebelling against her, like, cool cha-cha mom. We should probably talk a little bit about 
Winona Ryder's 1990. Her 1990 was kind of out of control. Sure. She did Edward Scissorhands, which was released the same month as Mermaids. Those are both December of 1990 releases. That's incredible. And she would have probably made them back-to-back, probably, if they both came out in that month. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, a movie that I love. (laughs) Would love to do Roxy Carmichael eventually on this show. Mm -hmm. But I definitely... That was my jam as a kid. And there's one other movie from 1990. What was it? Um, I'm not sure. The Jim Jarmusch movie followed... Night on Earth? I think the Jim Jarmusch movie followed 1990. Um... That's kind of insane that Edward Scissorhands came out the same time. Yeah, and especially, like, I mean, Edward Scissorhands is like your classic girls, girl next door, kind of casting almost against type for Winona at this time. So, yeah, that's some range. The only other thing is uh, she's in a Roy Orbison video in 1990. Okay. Night on Earth was 91. Dracula was 92. But, yeah, Mermaids, Edward Scissorhands, and Roxy Carmichael were all 90. That's pretty insane, especially because Edward Scissorhands was such a big movie mm-hmm. as well. Man, um, probably Bram, a big production. And Bram Stoker's Dracula is a mere two years after this movie came out. Mm-hmm. That's wild of just how big of a star she became <laughs> in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And she we, already was a big star I at mean, this point. She and it's like one of those things that for young people in the 80s, careers like Wyona Ryder were very rare, especially for... A young girl that could pretty it's much rare now. carry a movie. You didn't see that a lot. You still don't see it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she was she was one of a time. She was one of a kind. Like she spoke for a generation. I mean, she ultimately went on to be this like you know Generation X kind of poster girl or whatever. But uh, you know the thing was, it's like she had started so young, just. Worked, worked, worked. Um, A lot of what she did went on to become like these classic movies. But ultimately, she ended up getting how many Oscar nominations? Two. Two Oscar nominations. One for Age of Innocence and the other one is for Little Women. I'm sure she was under 30 Mm -hmm. for both of those. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty remarkable, you know, what she did. In her career at that time. And it, yeah, and it's not just that like it was it was unique for the time. It's, it's just unique period. You know, there's just not a lot of people who've had that kind of, you know, staying power, you know, from being a, a kid actor and being so good, you know. And then just becoming so, so famous in the early 90s and dating Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no wonder she sort of went off the rails in like the early <laughs> 2000s. It's just like she had lived such a... She had lived such a huge life in the mm-hmm. public eye. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, but her work, I mean, her work speaks for itself, really. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. watch any of those movies. I mean. I want to see her work even more. Oh, yeah. I know that she, she she has the last season of Stranger Things, and I think that's what she's probably been up to most recently. Yeah. If that ever comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be 2021. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. exciting. That, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think, you know, with, like, Netflix and things, I think we should, people should be kind of, uh, or just with, you know, video on demand, things like that, people should be kind of looking up her her work because it is it is really good. You know, things like Little Women and Reality Bites and Girl Interrupted and all of that. Her, all of those movies that she made in the 90s were amazing. 
So the weekend that this came out, this was released the weekend of December 14th. This box office top 10 is out of control. So <laughs> number one at the box office, Home Alone. Love it. Look Who's Talking To, Edward Scissorhands. Uh-huh. So two Wyona Ryder movies in the top 10, which now is probably something very rare to see like a young person uh, as... Wait, say that again? Edward Scissorhands was number three at the box office when Mermaids came out. Was Mermaids in the top 10? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's like she had I wasn't two, sure if it was in the top 10. She had two movies in the top 10. Edward Scissorhands, Dances with Wolves, Misery, Mermaids, and then a movie called The Rookie, Three Men and a Little Lady, Lady Havana, and Predator 2. Like the most 1990 lineup that you can think of. All classics. Yeah. And she had two movies in like the top 10. Sure. That's, uh, I mean, Edward Scissorhands probably kind of dominated as far as like money mm-hmm. compared comparatively. This is a little bit of a smaller movie. And Edward Scissorhands at the time was huge. She was Golden Globe nominated for this movie. Oh, that's cool. She got a supporting nomination. Oh, wow. Okay. It's yep. so young. Okay. All right. That's fun. I love that. I'm curious of... Look who's talking to. What the Oscar conversation was with both Cher and Wyona Ryder at the time. Right. It was probably just a little too competitive. This was the year that Kathy Bates won, and that Best Actress lineup in 1990 was pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. It's like Julia was there for Pretty Woman. Whoopi ends up winning, supporting for Ghost. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I'm just kind of curious if there was any Oscar conversation for either of them. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, a Golden Globe nomination for Winona. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's noteworthy. And this movie gave us all Christina Ricci. So we should probably talk about the last half of this movie of what sort of happens to Christina Ricci. Yeah, and I had forgotten about that this too. Lacked, this last act of this movie is very harrowing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. Especially when uh, uh, Charlotte is like dressed up in Mrs. Flax's like, polka dot dress. Mm-hmm. She's trying to kind of... And she gets her little sister drunk. Yeah. She's just like, okay, you, you can only have one glass of wine as you see... Little baby Christina Ricci just like down it and then pour herself some more and down it again. <laughs> so the two of them get, you know, they get a little wine drunk. They like walk out to the nunnery. And um, she ends up, Charlotte ends up having a secret rendezvous in the bell tower yes, with Jake does. Ryan. Yes, she does. With Joe. Where they have sex. I they forget, fully have sex. I forget that they fully have sex. Yeah. I feel like I just block <laughs> that scene out of my mind because it's so, it's so tragic of what ends up happening. Well, they're up there doing it in yeah. the bell tower. Poor uh, Christina Ricci she's falls just, in the river. She's just going to collect rocks and she falls over the little... Over a little like dam kind of a thing. Over the little drop into into the river to be saved by the nuns. Yeah, she's saved by the nuns. Um, and that's the thing. It's like you know she's like a really good swimmer. Like that's her whole deal is that she just loves the water. But she is like a drunk seven year old. Yeah. So <laughs> just sort of careless adolescent moments with Charlotte's character of how she could let this happen. Right. So you know the nuns end up saving young Kate. They end up at the hospital, and you know when when Cher gets there, she sends this look on her face. When she when she walks into the emergency room waiting room, and she yeah. sees her dress, 
Yeah, she sees him. Just the look on Cher's face and w- of just disgust and heartbreak. Well, although I have to say, like, <laughs> Winona Ryder's hair is all messed up. She's got, like, smeared makeup. It's like, how long have you been there? You couldn't go to the bathroom. You didn't go and look at yourself. You could have at least straightened up your hair. Come on. <laughs> but they had to illustrate that, you know, mm-hmm. it looks like everybody knew what was going on. Right. Mm-hmm. But it just, she just looks crazy. Like with the smeared makeup and the messed up hair. It's like, all right, girl, really? So, yeah. So they're like, you know, they tell Joe to like take Charlotte home, just get out of here. We'll, you know, Cher's going to stay at the hospital. It's the last that we've heard that we hear from Joe in the entire movie, too. Right. It's the last we see of mm-hmm. him on screen. He takes her home. He kind of sits on the porch for a while on the, on the porch swing while she goes in and cleans the makeup off and changes out of the dress and all that but he just leaves right yeah i think he just leaves and then this is kind of the big moment of the movie where you get the big fight scene right i think that this is a very well directed and acted scene because you just sort of see this progression of this fight it's just like they move yeah they move locations they're inside they're in they're in uh her bedroom they walk out they walk outside and they end up in the kitchen they end up on the couch yeah, it's just it, it's a very well staged scene, right? Of you're just seeing these actors carry. If you're smart, you'll just stay away from me. I mean it. about huh she could have died your sister who you were supposed to be watching out after could have died what the hell was she doing up there what the hell were you doing oh i know what you were doing up there the whole goddamn town knows what you were doing up there mom mom i'm warning you i'm angry i'm crazy angry This is before the slap. The snap out of it slap. <laughs> but every single Cher movie of this time, you just really needed a scene where Cher just cuts loose. <laughs> it's just like, it's, the, it's yeah. the big scene. I mean, there's multiple scenes in The Witches of Eastwick where she has big monologues. There's yeah. the snap out of it scene in Moonstruck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, hey, it's, in her, it's her wheelhouse. She's so good. Yeah. And this is really the... F- the first time in this movie that these characters are actually communicating with each other. They're actually like talking through their problems. Right. And it took something as like tragic Mm -hmm. and kind of their sister nearly died, but it sort of took that for them to get here. Yeah. Because immediately shares like pack your things. We're leaving. 
because mm-hmm. that's her that's her answer. That's, that's her, her, her resolution yep. to to any co- sort of conflict is just we're going to move again. You know, we can't stay in this town. Everybody thinks you're a tramp, whatever. Um, and you know, Charlotte's just like, no, I think we should stay. Like for once, we need to just kind of stick it out. And this is probably the scene that. Cher probably knew that she needed an act, a young actress like Winona Ryder yeah. to be in this movie to really um, go toe-to-toe within this scene. That she needs to be just as good as she is. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think, I mean, probably there were other, you know, actors or probably other young girls out there who would have been able to, to hold the scene. But Winona was just, you know, she was a standby. She was solid. And so... And it worked. Well, this is also the moment where she, uh, Mrs. Flax realizes that she was only a year older than her when she had her. Or, yeah, this is when we as the audience realize that. Because she meant, yeah, she says that to, to to Charlotte. And that's when we're just like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> Mrs. Flax pretty much had her as a child. At 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, you know, they decide to stick it out. You know, give it a chance because, yeah, like you said, they act, they're they having this, like, knockdown, like, fight. But ultimately, at the end of it, they just do sit down on the couch and just start talking. And that's, you know, Charlotte has this realization about her father who she's kind of had this, you know, this thing about their dad. And, you know, I wish I could see him and I just want to talk to him. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, she doesn't know her father. She's never she's never really met him. And of course, that's something that you as a kid would think about and obsess about or whatever. But she just has this moment of clarity where she's just like, he's never going to he's never going to come back. He left. He's never coming back. Yep. And and Cher's just like, no, no, he pro- he's probably not, you know, and and they have a real conversation about who, he, you know, yeah, who he is or who he was or whatever. But yeah, like you said, it's the first time they're actually like actually talking to each other. And uh, Mrs. Flax decides to. Is that the town a shot? At least a year. I do like the I do like the reveal of the car driving away, and you think that Miss Flax is also. I mean, yeah, she's just said fuck it, we're leaving. But it's the reveal that they decide to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame with Bob Hoskins. Yes, yes, which is so sweet. (laughs) Yes, Bob Hoskins has this little character beat that he just really loves baseball. He's like, you know, betting on these like trivia baseball trivia at like the Halloween party and they go to the baseball hall of fame with him. And, um, as you know, in the, the kind of epilogue of, you know, last scene of the movie, uh, Charlotte is kind of fitting in a little bit more at school. She has a bad girl reputation, <laughs> but not really in a bad way. Cause all the boys are just like, Hey, let me carry your books. What I was going to say, like it's a bad girl reputation in the best way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not being ostracized by the kids. She's being like, hey, like, let's. I love the one uh, friend who just like aspires like we both do to become Mrs. Flax. <laughs> the one that said she she gave the boy oral sex. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that actress. Yeah. She plays those scenes really funny. And yeah. And that's the thing. It's like it's this East Coast town. In the early '60s, and she's supposed to be like this bad girl, but she's just she's just like any other kid, you know. Mm-hmm. The actress just like she's got like these cat eye glasses and like a little ponytail, but she's just like she's playing up how 
experienced she is. And she's, you know, she's just kind of like, she's just another kid at the end of the day. And I like that they don't make her look like all slutty or look like yeah. whatever. She just looks like another girl. Man, weren't the 60s wild? <laughs> of just like 1963, the early 60s to like 1969. It could have been like a completely different decade by the end of it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of shit was going on. Mm-hmm. It's a wild time protests and civil rights and you know a lot of craziness changing hmm. fashion hmm what's that like yeah it was a wild time and and i mean wild times like that lead to a lot of like social change in lots of factors fashion and style being one of them so you know and it gave us uh it gave us sunny and share <laughs> we gotta talk about the shoop shoop video i mean that damn video is kind of amazing so uh, good well the whole soundtrack of this movie yeah. is awesome because it is filled with uh these really cool 60s songs you can tell that mrs music means a lot to mrs flax because she always has a plan yes and it's it's fun music. It's hip music. It's popular music. And especially at a time where, like, probably the other mothers at the school would mm-hmm. probably hear this music and just think it's, like, just music for kids. Mrs. Flax knows it's cool. Yes. Absolutely. And like any good share project, there's a tie-in song. Yeah. <laughs> this tie-in, uh, and this is called the Shoop Shoop song. Parent- parenthetical. I mean, it's a staple of every single chair tour that she's done since. Well, I'm now, sure. yeah, absolutely. Um, this video is really cute, too, because both Christina and Wino are in the video. Yes. And it's like any good music video that uh, is from a movie soundtrack, there are clips of the movie in it, mm-hmm. which is period 60s, but Winona and Christina are in it in like 1990. Here we are in jeans and t-shirts. It's, well, that's kind of like the later half of the video. Yeah. Is that they're they're in like doo-wop like 60s sure. outfits. Like girl group outfits. And then like the last like minute and a half of the song, they're in their, they're in their they 1990 look. Yes. And Winona's hair is glorious. Mm-hmm. It is just, yeah, very big, very teased out. And, and Is she wearing a leather jacket? I don't even remember. But, I mean, if know. I ever just met Christina Ricci, I would, of course, just fangirl out. Let's but talk about Cher. One of my first things <laughs> that I would ask her was, what was it like to shoot the music video? Yeah, because they just kind of let loose. Because that's just so cool that like Cher just probably just became that close with these two yeah. girls that she was like, well, of course you're going to be in the video. We're just going to dance it out, girls. Just dance like you would dance at home in your bedroom with no one watching. Um, yeah, it's really fun. We'll definitely we'll, we'll post it on uh, on the socials. The Cher hair when it turns to like 1990 <laughs> is so quintessential. Is Cher. it curly or is it straight? No, it's straight. It's straight Cher hair. It's straight Cher hair. Oh, I love it. That's kind of my favorite era. I do love the big curly. Yeah. Turn back time. Oh, we all do. Like the 1997. Hair. The turn back Cher. time hair is yep. great, but I mean, classic Cher hair is stick straight, laid, just laid wig, parted down the middle. So gotta good. Love it. Gotta love it. Um, yeah, so we're, we're definitely going to post this video on the socials. So you can watch it. It's on YouTube. Just look it up. Like I mean, I we should say song. enough about Cher. And what I think is just so cool about her, throughout Cher's career, she's always been underestimated. 
people yeah. always sort of scoffed at her that they never treated her seriously as a singer that yeah. she was just like dating someone famous and she got on this television show and she kind of proved everyone wrong whether it became like whether it was like movies music and she did it her way yeah and i mean she just has that longevity it's like you know she has that thing of having a number one single in uh every decade from the 60s to the 2000s um she was great in uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. And there is this great... <laughs> so she's still working. And kind of like, I mean, I hate to compare to... I hate to compare her to Madonna, because that's not fair. Right. But there is just a certain unpretentious quality about Cher, that she keeps it real. Right. And that she's just authentically herself. Not saying that, like, Madonna isn't herself, but she's just, like, carries herself in a very different way. Yeah, I agree. I think so as well. But, um, I mean, she's just fucking cool. Cher's yeah. cool. Cher's awesome. <laughs> Cher's cool. She's a cool lady. <laughs> so uh, go go watch Mermaids. And, and while you're at it, go watch any other Cher movie. Ever so we watch yet. Mermaids on Pluto TV. <laughs> Pete and I are obsessed with Pluto TV, but damn. As should you be. There are some things about Pluto TV that do wear down your patience. Like when you're sitting through this probably hour and 40 minute movie. If that. And there is a commercial cut in every 10 minutes of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the commercial situation was a little bananas, but we don't own mermaids. We don't own it. We and should, it's not available to buy digitally too. That's weird. That is odd. Yeah, I wonder if it's a weird Orion thing. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is that the weird movie company that? Uh, I mean, that o- produced it. I mean, Orion was a big deal at this time. They did. Oh, this I'm familiar movie with the works of Orion and uh, Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. I think that they ended up doing. Um, you can purchase this, but you can only purchase it on Fandango. That's weird. Now or Vudu. What other share movies could we end up doing on this show? Um, I mean, we could definitely do Moonstruck. Yeah, I was going to say, just Moonstruck, really. But yeah, I mean, she's awesome. She's Cher. She's Cher. She's great. She's got Cher hair. We have a picture of Cher hanging in her living room. We do. Always yeah. watching over like us. An 8 by 10 It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. We'll also post pictures of that as well. A friend sent that to me in the mail. <laughs> but uh, head over to, to you know Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you listen to and, and just look up some back catalog share stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Share's on Great. rotation in my iTunes so a lot. Good. That greatest hits that you have? Mm-hmm. Oh, get out of here. Really good. That was a double CD. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Share's awesome. Winona Ryder's awesome. Christina Ricci's amazing. Yeah, this movie is just it's chock full of great people, you know, great cast. Um, we love Bob Hoskins. He's Mr. Smee. <laughs> He's dressed as a pirate when they go to the New Year's Eve party. Yeah. Probably his, his first time playing a pirate in a movie. Maybe. We and then he know. went back many, many times. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, this movie's... Uh, it's got it's got a great cast full of great people with with tons of other work that that we love. So, I mean, you've definitely heard us talk a lot about uh, Winona Ryder and and Cher and and um, have we done a Christina Ricci movie? Who knows? Maybe we'll uh, do Sleepy Hollow at some point. We Adam's, did family, Adam's values. family, yeah. Wednesday we values, yeah. So, I mean, come on, three icons. 
playing this playing this. We family. need to talk about more '90s Christina Ricci movies because she was my jam when I was a kid. Oh yeah, Casper, so good. <laughs> she gets to kiss that Devin Sawa at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love Casper. We love Christina Ricci. But, that um, that Gold Diggers movie, The Secret of Bear Mountain, with her oh, and with Anna Klumski. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Staple of my childhood. Yeah. Oh, Anna Klumski. Are we going to do My Girl? I don't know. We'll see. But, um, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on Mermaids before we wrap it up? I think we said it. I do. I think we said it. I think, uh, yeah, just go watch it. Go find it. If you if you don't want to rent it on Fandango now, which is weird because not everybody has it. If you have a Roku, I think it comes installed. Um Pluto TV is log into, free. Log into Pluto TV. It's and then you totally can, free, but it has commercials. And then you can uh, see what's on the 90210 channel. That's true. There's what a we, channel that only plays Beverly Hills 90210. What we end up at least once a night in our household is, is just seeing what episode of Melrose Place that they're on. Yes, absolutely. It's the dumbest like streaming television app on earth, but go find it. So, all right. Well, I think it's a uh, time for some Patreon shout outs. Patreon shout outs. Yes, indeed. Let's say hello to all of our lovely patrons like our friends Paul and Jamie and Drew and Jimmy and Genevieve and Don and Josh and Aaron and Linda and Jim and Jessica and John and Nick and Christine and Rufino. Thank you for being a friend. Head over to Patreon dot com slash movies that made us gay for some fun exclusive content you can only find there like our monthly newsletter like our cool blog posts behind the scene photos and a monthly watch with us commentary track we have to record one this week. we pick a movie and we record a commentary of us watching the movie giving our sparkly it'll insights. probably it'll probably be out by the time this episode drops yes indeed so check patreon for some fun stuff and uh check us out we would also love it if you'd rate and review us give us five stars apple podcast it's not called itunes anymore um yeah give us five stars on apple podcast and write us a good review we will read any and all new reviews from apple Podcasts on an upcoming episode so go ahead and do that it's free and it takes no time at all you can find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. And we are on Twitter at MTMUG Pod. Yes, indeed. You can find me. I am Pete. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. I am Scott Young Poller on Instagram and Oscar Scott on Twitter and just Scott Young Bauer on Letterboxd. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Until next week, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.